Well, this may come as a surprise to a lot of people today, uh, but it takes a lot more than a lab coat and a bow tie to do science. So today on Creation Talk, we're talking about the Christian roots of science. I'm Paul Price, and today I'm joined with the esteemed Dr. Jonathan Sarfati, who many of you know, and unlike me, he is a PhD scientist. Well, good day, everyone. Uh, welcome back to our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, so in preparing for this episode, this is one of the trickier topics to bring up because we're talking about a worldview, what and is, specifically yeah. the Christian worldview. And in dealing with so many people that I do that don't share our views, this is a point that people stumble over a lot. What mm-hmm. is a worldview? Why is it important? Does everybody have one? And I believe everybody has a worldview, even those people that don't know that they have a worldview. But a worldview is your, your answers to the very most basic questions. Who am I? Where did I come from? Where did the universe come from? These sorts of questions and what you believe about them are going to inform everything else that you do, all of your other opinions mm-hmm. and views. And when we're doing science, especially, these questions are important. And a, it turns out that a particular worldview, the Christian worldview, is a prerequisite for doing science, don't you think? Well, I think it is, but whether a lot of scientists actually even realize that they're actually functioning under a certain worldview with certain assumptions about the world uh, that we live in, they they just take these as given and have no real thought about where they came from in right. the first place. So what I'm getting at is, for example, if I believe that I was created by an intelligent, benevolent, omnipotent God, and that this God intends for me to look out around the world around me and, and gain information from this, uh, use my five senses, use my brain. Mm-hmm. If I believe all that, then it makes sense for me to develop something like the scientific method and go out and start doing experiments like Isaac Newton did, for example, who was a Christian. Uh, on the other hand, let's say I'm an atheist and mm-hmm. I believe that everything came about through chaotic chance and that nothing exists for, quote unquote, a reason. Mm. It just simply exists. If I believed that, and if I believed I was the product of that, Mm. just a chance occurrence, why would I suspect that I could go out and get any meaningful information from the world? Why would I suspect that my own brain was even capable of knowing information or knowing uh, abstract truth, like, you know, questions of religion and philosophy? Why believe that we can know that at yeah, all? Yeah, if you've got a rearranged monkey brain, why should you trust it yeah. uh, to give you rational thought when um, evolution selects for survival advantage and not for truth or for logic? Exactly. So, so it does turn out, and, and history bear this, bears this out, that you know, the Christian worldview is uniquely beneficial to the whole enterprise of doing science. Well, I mean, um, if you go back to the Bible, you've got God created the heavens of the earth in six ordinary days— but uh, man was there on day six, so it means you've got objective reality before God, before man came into existence. Exactly. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you believe about the law of gravity. You try driving off a cliff and see if it applies to you. Exactly. I guarantee it does, okay? I'm not recommending it to anyone, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, this kind of ties into a lot of topics in history and um, the, the political history of, of the world and of 
different civilizations? Why is it that certain civilizations、mm-hmm. have flourished with science, whereas others haven't? And obviously, there's a lot of different factors that play into、mm-hmm. that. It's not any one thing.、Um, but you've written a lot on this, on how the the Christian worldview, and particularly、uh, the Understanding that comes to us through the Protestant Reformation,、mm-hmm. understanding that the Bible is literally true, and、yeah. that we can objectively understand the Bible,、mm-hmm. and then from there objectively understand nature around us. That played a big role, didn't it? Well, it did. In fact, you got、uh, Peter Harrison, for,、uh, who was at Oxford University, even writing a couple of books on how the Protestant Reformation really created a big step for science because people. Went back to objective understanding of the Bible according to its original public meaning and applied this objectivity towards nature. I mean, they realize、um, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about nature. So how are we going to find out? We have to investigate it. We can't rely on Aristotle's philosophy to do it. We've got to actually go and work out how it works and also do controlled experiments. So, in fact, Harrison said, without the rise of a literal understanding of the Bible and the Reformation, modern science would not have existed. At all, and yet you have people like Bill Nye,、um, Carl Sagan attacking the Bible as if it's anti-science. This couldn't be more wrong. That's the ironic thing about it is,、uh, you know, today if you say I believe the the Bible is literally true, even in Genesis, that that's the best way to get laughed at and mocked, and and oh, you're anti-science, you're a science denier. But the ironic thing is that this very belief is what led to. And enabled modern science to flourish as it has. I mean, it would have been new, news to some of these great people like Sir Isaac Newton, who、yeah. wrote more about the Bible and about science. Also,、uh, Michael Faraday's. If he was alive today, you'd call him a fundamentalist. Okay,、uh, James Clerk Maxwell. He believed in a global flood, and these are Einstein's three heroes who believed in a very straightforward understanding of the Bible. And you couldn't have modern science without these guys. So it's really quite something. It's very sad for those of us who see what's going on today and see how、um, science is drifting away from that foundation so much to the point where、um, you know we see that science is is maybe a dying enterprise. Do you think it is? Well, without a, a thing is, I mean, if you don't、uh, keep the roots nourished, then the tree is going to die as well. And the roots are clearly、uh, going back to the Bible. In fact, another thing that Peter Harris has written a book about is how the fall of man、uh, inspired people like Francis Bacon in his science because he believed that the fall affected our knowledge as、mm. well as our our morality. And Bacon thought that Adam must have had an incredible pre-fall knowledge. So his science was trying to recapture some of the knowledge Adam had before the fall. You don't hear much about that, but here. It's clearly a literal creation, literal Adam, literal fall inspired the famous Francis Bacon and people like him. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot there. I can't say I've ever really contemplated、uh, the idea of pre-fall knowledge, but that's that's a a cool well, thought. We don't even have to agree that Break Bacon was right. It's just the fact that this、yeah. was the motivating factor for him, and it's clearly required a literal Adam and a literal fall. Yeah, and in fact, even before you go to the Reformation, you've got this view, this sort of general biblical mere Christian view that God is a God of order, not the author of confusion. I mean, what's the alternative? I mean, if Zeus and his gang were in charge, would you expect an orderly universe? Why should the universe be orderly? Why should gravity behave the same way here as on Mars or, or、yeah. Jupiter?、Um, because you have one God who made the whole thing, and therefore. Uh, he keeps it orderly, and we expect the rules to be constant across space、yeah. and time. I think definitely, both from a comparative religious point of view as well as a philosophical point of view, 
the the universe that we exist in and that we see around us does not bear the hallmarks of a Hindu polytheistic universe. It doesn't bear the hallmarks of an atheistic universe, because why would such a universe make sense? Well, I mean, Zeus was in charge. Like, he's in charge of the sky, but uh, Poseidon was in charge yeah. of the of the uh, yeah. of the ocean. Maybe the different rules in those different domains, and also they can change their minds at any moment because they're very capricious. These Greek gods, as you probably yeah. know from the the stories of impregnating um, human women and all that. So, why would you trust a universe run by those guys to be orderly? I mean, could you pray? Could you do science if you have to pray to the river god before you boil water? I don't think so. But how would you respond to the skeptic who would try to turn that back around on us and say, mm. well, you know, why do science if you believe in God? God could just do a miracle and overturn your experiment. You would never know the difference. Because we don't believe in just any old God. We believe in the God of the Bible, who is a God of order. And in fact, even the biblical miracles were there on very special occasions. Most of the Bible doesn't have miraculous acts going through. You've got a few very... Right. Uh, intense periods of miraculous acts. Like the New Testament, you've got God walking, uh, taking on human flesh. That's an incredibly important event. But, and that's um, what makes it so remarkable when the miracle happens, right? I mean, if they mm. happened all the time, there, would be no, uh, there wouldn't be much to um, say about it. But when you think of Mary and Joseph, the angel came to each of them separately. Well, you're going to have a child without having had sex before. And they both said, well, how could this be? I mean, yeah. I've not known a man before. So they knew how babies were made. They weren't ignorant yeah. uh, sheep herders, as, as some people say. They, they, they knew the basics and they, they understood. They the facts of life. Yeah, they, and they understood that a miracle was not the norm. So They understand that dead people don't rise, virgins don't conceive, yeah. um, all, all those things. Uh, people born blind didn't go get their sight back, but they, they knew these things, which is why the miracle stood out. Yeah, And so that's why scientists have in practice, in history, have always functioned under yeah. a belief in a miracle-working God, because it's not a capricious miracle-working God. Yeah, exactly. So that that really kind of shows that this very common attack that, that we hear is a straw man argument. It's a, it's a false view of the Bible or a false view of the Christian God that says that such a God would pose a problem for science. It's really quite the opposite. And again, this would be very uh, news to almost every one of the founders of modern science. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. These, these atheists don't seem to know their own scientific history. Well, and that's the frustrating thing because, you know, what we're dealing with is really surface-level stuff. It's, it's really easy to refute. Uh, but that's yeah. almost, you know, you almost never get beyond that point with, um, with most of the skeptics out there. And also, you, you cannot prove with science that the universe is orderly and objective because you'd have to presuppose to order presuppose yeah. to try to prove order. So you can't use science. So it's something clearly above science. You can call it meta-science. What makes science possible in the first place? It's a philosophical claim. In fact, uh, you might even say religious claim. Exactly. Uh, another frequent thing is, uh, well, doesn't the Bible teach that the earth is flat? Now, I know we've already oh, goodness. we've already done that, but that's kind of one of those things that always gets brought up. Didn't they? Didn't Christians believe that in the Middle Ages that we lived on a flat earth because of the Bible? Doesn't that show oh, yeah. how science is overcoming ancient biblical superstition? And well, I mean, responsible historians know this to be complete nonsense, but a yeah. couple of, I mean, people in the 19th century who were trying to attack the Bible, Andrew Dixon White, John Draper, they had an axe to grind against Christians and the Bible, so they invented these stories about the Bible teaching a flat earth and the church teaching a flat earth, and of course, 
Washington Irving before then had made up this fable that everyone laughed at Columbus because they all thought he'd fall off the edge of a flat earth. But in fact, everyone knew the earth was round long before Columbus. This was common knowledge in the Christian Middle Ages. They knew very well. They could prove it better than most students today could, I think. Uh, One of the evidences I see that science is starting to erode or that in, Mm. in the Western culture we're losing that foundation is the rise, and we did the, we did another episode on this previously, mm. uh, but it's the rise of this belief in simulation theory, and that seems to be the way a lot of people are now headed uh, who have abandoned the truth of the Christian worldview, but philosophically, where are they headed? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of them are starting to embrace this idea that we just live in a matrix and oh we, my gosh. we live in a simulation. And, and I've forgotten uh, Matrix wasn't a documentary, but a science fiction yeah. show. Um, <laughs> well, Exactly. But you see, I mean, how can you do science from within a simulation? Well, how do we know we're not in a simulation? I think that yeah. goes we we have biblical, objective biblical revelation to say that we, we are in a real world, but, but scientifically you couldn't prove either way, don't yeah. you think? So again, yeah. it requires things above science. It, it basically gets to a point where uh, without having a biblical foundation as a starting point for doing mm-hmm. science, you then there's really no telling where you'll wind up. Um, Another episode we did uh, previously was um, the one about uh, panspermia. So another way that that they're going now is, well, maybe um, we believe in in alien seeding Mm -hmm. life, or maybe life is just this eternal, you know, pre-existing thing that just seeds around by by comets or or whatever the case may be. Well, it's very convenient because there's no one to be accountable to them, is there? Unless you think they're coming back to to check on our progress, uh, uh, like in the the day the Earth stood still, they're checking up on us possibly, all these alien visitation. That's a topic for another video. Yes, it is. But to be honest with you, Mm. uh, all of this stuff we've been talking about kind of flies over the head of most uh, skeptics and atheists. A lot of them really... They mm. have a dismissive attitude in yeah. general when it comes to philosophy. Have you yes. encountered that where oh, people yeah. just say, "Oh, philosophy—that's not important for science," you know? But in fact, philosophy underpins science. And, yeah, but and, they uh, don't understand that. They want no. to say that, well, philosophy is is just liberal arts hooey, and okay, real yeah. science—you just, you know, it, it has nothing to do with philosophy. Or they might say, if something can't be scientifically testable, then it's it's not meaningful. Okay, yeah. then test that statement and see yeah. if, it, if it's meaningful, but it fails its own test. It becomes self-refuting. You're yeah. cutting off the branch you're sitting on. Yes. Yeah. So modern atheistic scientists don't necessarily make for the best philosophers. Is, no. Is, Often they're not the best historians because yeah. you've got a lot of, I mean, we've already touched on the Middle Ages, the idea they taught the earth was flat, and therefore yeah. people forget. Have they ever been to Europe and seen the great Gothic cathedrals, which were done in the Middle Ages? Great works of architecture. The, the university itself began in the Middle Ages, in the Christian Middle Ages of Europe. Yeah. So universities themselves, and then you think of, of developments in logic, uh, in art and literature, I see you're wearing a Dark Ages invention. Yeah, yeah the spectacles. Which one? The spectacles? Yeah, yeah, they're invented in the so-called Dark Ages, which are yeah. actually a brilliant age, is not dark yeah. at all. So yeah. it's a lot of different misunderstandings about history and about philosophy. Absolutely. Um, by people who are not doing science, they're doing atheism. Absolutely. Well, uh, I appreciate you talking with me on this. Mm. It's been yeah, a really cool talk, and and to be honest, there's so many different angles we could take with this that we could sit here all day and and talk about it well guys thanks again for watching all of your support makes a a big difference for our ministry and for us to be able to put out uh, everything we do that edifies the word of god and strengthens you in your faith and helps you to share the faith 